Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. How many of you, just go ahead and raise your hands, how many of you have ever in your lives climbed up to a, a very high place and gotten a good view looking out? Right? Might have been, might have been a mountaintop, a skyscraper, a, or even a tree or something, right? Actually, when I was a little kid, uh, I, was, I was a tree climber. I loved climbing trees. All right, show of hands. How many of you are tree climbers? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, in my front yard, in my house uh, where I grew up, uh, there was this tree that I spent hours in. Actually, I even have a picture. Put, put this picture up on Can you see that? There's little Aaron sitting high up in my perch in, in the tree, and I would spend hours in this, in this spot. Uh, the building behind me, however, that's the county hospital in the small town that I grew up in, and my dad was a, a pastor in the small town. Uh, there was one time I was sitting in this tree, and a lady from our church was hospitalized in one of those windows facing our house, and she asked her nurse for, uh, to look up the phone number for our house, and then that lady called my mom and asked my mom, hey, do you know that your son is in a tree and he's been up there for hours? And my mom said, yeah, I know, he's fine, okay? So I loved climbing up trees, up to a high place in order to get a clear view. Not much has changed in my life. As, as a matter of fact, as part of my uh, schooling and studying to be a pastor, uh, in our denomination, part of your uh, schooling is to serve a year of an internship that we call a vicarage. Uh, my vicarage year I spent in a suburb of Denver, Colorado, Lakewood, Colorado, at a church called Bethlehem Lutheran Church. At the very beginning of my vicarage, my, uh, my supervising pastor that, that I worked with told me that I would only be able to, quote-unquote, pass my vicarage if I climbed a mountain with him the next year at the end of my vicarage. And I thought, pfft deal. Easy. Let's do it. That's all I have to do, right? So, so that's, that's how it went. I, I started in August. My vicarage went all year long, and the next summer, my supervisor came to me and said, Aaron, it's time for your vicar hike. Do you want to climb a 14-er? That's, uh, that's 14,000 feet. You know, those are the highest type mountains in Colorado. Or do you want to climb this, this mountain that the summit is really, really unique? It's super cool. I think you'd like it. He, he showed me the picture of it, and I said, wow, that, that does look really cool. He said, the only, you know, the only thing is it's only 13,000 feet and some change. And so I opted for not a 14er, instead the one with the super cool summit that's just a couple feet short of 14,000 feet. And it really lived up to the reputation. Actually, let me show you a picture of me at the top of this mountain. Isn't that cool? Uh, and it, this, this, this is the summit of the mountain, and it really, it, I don't know if you can tell, but it, it is what it looks like uh, down the front where my feet are dangling, and off the back, is just, it's just sheer down for hundreds of feet. One of the guys that I was with uh, took a picture standing up like this. I couldn't get myself to stand up, but I think it's such a cool, cool picture. And, and I, I'm so grateful for this experience, and this day, it was a clear day, and from the top of that mountain, as far as you could look in any direction, all you saw was more and more mountains, more and more mountains, as far as the eye could see. And so 
Uh, we hung out, not, not on the summit of that mountain, there's not room for more than one person, but the one where my picture's being taken, we hung out there, took pictures, ate some food, but then it was time to go back down the mountain. In our lesson from Matthew today, Jesus led a group of his disciples up a quote-unquote high mountain. We don't know for sure where it is, but uh, a lot of scholars think that it's a mountain called Mount Hermon, uh, which is in modern-day Syria, just to the northeast of the Sea of Galilee a little bit. Uh, we think that because uh, Jesus was in that region uh, in Matthew chapter 16 in Caesarea Philippi. Um, but Jesus led his disciples up a mountain. It's worth my time to read this for you again. If you want to follow along, uh, I'll put it up on the screen or, or on your lesson insert. This is the gospel again. Uh, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and, they, and he led him up a high mountain by themselves. And Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. But Jesus came and he touched them, saying, Rise and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. What's going on here in this lesson? The point of this is that God the Father is showing this core group of disciples exactly who Jesus is. That he is God in the flesh, the eternal word of God, incarnate, made man. And he is here as the fulfillment of all prophecy and all the word of God that has led up to this point. Moses shows up, very interestingly, as the picture of the fulfillment of the Old Testament law. And Elijah shows up there as the fulfillment of the a picture of the Old Testament prophets. So you got the law and the prophets there with Elijah and Moses, and then Jesus is there as the fulfillment of the entirety of the scriptures and the entirety of what is to come, the Word of God made flesh. And the Father speaks so clearly here. Words echoing back to Jesus' baptism, the same words, this one is my beloved son. Listen to him. Listen to him. I think the point is clear. What's the story tell us? Climb up on a mountain with Jesus. Spend time with Jesus. See Jesus clearly. And listen to Jesus. Makes sense. Listen to Jesus. Throughout the Bible, mountains play a significant role. Mountains in biblical imagery are, are, are a common image for the very presence of God. It was true with Moses in our Old Testament lesson today. Moses went up on Mount Sinai. Right? He went up on, on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered him and there he was with God and God spoke to him. All throughout the scriptures, uh, sacrifices were made on mountaintops. You can look at stories with Elijah. God appeared to Elijah on a mountaintop. Temples were constructed on mountaintops. 
good job building our church facility on, a, on a, quite a high hill here in our community. You know that saying, uh, having a mountaintop experience? Right? You usually say that when you're, when you're having the time of your life. When, when, when you can't imagine things going better. When I think about our church, Saints Peter and Paul, I can only imagine how many mountaintop experiences this body of believers has had in the last 153 years of its existence. Isn't it humbling to think about that, that, that we're part of such a long legacy? We're part of something that none of us started. We've just simply inherited it. And, and we're, we get to take care of it and be faithful with what God has given to us. But I would say, if you're, if you're part of this church, if you're here all the time, I, I think you could almost say that we're sort of at a mountaintop time right now in our church life. Here's what I mean. I think over the last number of years, God has enabled a slow and gradual and sustained growth and, and, and excellent opportunities in ministry. And I have to tell you, I'm having the time of my life being your pastor in this season as we live out this fullness of life in Jesus Christ. For the last number of months, I've been trying to avoid saying this gimmicky statement, but I'm going to say it now. I think in 2020, our vision is clear. All right? So there, I said it. It's clear what God has in store for us. And if we believe that we're on some sort of mountaintop experience right now, we have a couple of options. We can do like the disciples wanted to do in the gospel lesson, and we can say to Jesus, hey Jesus, we love it here. The view is great. It's really cozy. Can we build a log cabin and just hang out here with each other until you come again? Wouldn't that be nice? I'm not sure that's what Jesus has in store. You never really see people just hang out on the mountain for all of eternity. They come down off the mountain. And this is what Jesus said to his disciples. This is what the Father spoke from heaven to those disciples. You have now seen Jesus. And you've seen him clearly. And he's going to take you down the mountain. And he's going to prepare you for the next mountain to climb. And I believe that God has many more mountains for us to climb as individuals and as a church. And each mountain will have its own challenges and each mountain will have its own beauty when we get to the top, if we get to the top. And each mountain that we climb will need to be thoughtfully planned for and prepared for. In our church here, uh, we're attempting to do two huge things this year, this calendar year, in order to prepare us for what we believe God has already prepared in advance for us. The two things are this. One, we're working on calling another pastor to join our staff here. And the second is we're trying to uh, raise additional funds in order to pay down a lot of money on our mortgage, in order to free up more funds for mission and ministry and the multiplication of what God has ready for us. And I will tell you, these things are not uh, necessarily dependent on one another. We're not saying we have to do one in order to do the other. We believe, and those in leadership that have been thinking about this and praying about this for years, believe that now is the time to do both in order to prepare us for what is to come. 
Just as if you're preparing to climb a mountain, uh, you need to pack food and water. You don't just pack food uh, and, and, and if you bring food, then you can bring water, or if you bring water, then you can bring food. You've got to bring them both. And we believe that doing both of these things this year is going to propel us forward and prepare us for the next set of mountains that God has in store for us to climb in the next decade and even beyond. They're both necessary and they're important. Preparation is key for mountain climbing. Preparation is key for mountain climbing. And sometimes the preparation is actually the hardest part. You know, I told you that on my vicarage, right at the very beginning, my vicarage supervisor said, Aaron, you don't get to pass. And I'm not sure if he was serious or not, but you don't get to, I, I climbed the mountain. Uh, you don't get to pass unless you climb the mountain. But he didn't leave us alone. He actually said, uh, as, a, as a, another point uh, of, of importance, is that it is mandatory for the vicar to exercise with the senior pastor twice a week for the duration of your vicarage. And so I had to. Every Monday and Thursday afternoon, the pastoral staff exercised together, lifted weights, ran together. I got in good shape. I was ready for that mountain climb. It's important to be prepared to climb a mountain. You know, I shared that one picture with me on the summit of a mountain, but I want to I share with you another picture. Here's the next picture. Beautiful, isn't it? A mountain, high mountain elevation lake in Colorado. That peak behind the lake was a mountain that I was supposed to climb. Here's what happened. Uh, at the end of my vicarage, so I, I did that, that one climb, uh, I think it was in June or July. At the very end of my vicarage, uh, at this church I served, they always had the vicars overlap by a week. So when I got there, the, 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 the last vicar and I were there for a week so he could kind of show me the ropes. Same thing with the guy that came after me. So at the very end of my vicarage, a couple of guys from church said, hey, Aaron, do you want to climb one more mountain? And I said, of course, I would love for that to be one of the things I do in my very last week here in Colorado. Yeah, let's go. But here's the deal. They also invited the new vicar. And no offense to the new vicar, but he was coming from the Midwest. He wasn't acclimated to the elevation, which is a real thing. He hadn't been exercising multiple times a week, every week for a whole year. But they invited him to go, and he went along. Uh, other vicar, if you ever watch this video or read this sermon, I'm not bitter, okay? I'm not bitter. I'm just a little bit disappointed because here's what happened. We were climbing this mountain, and, and he had a hard time, uh, so it was slow going. Uh, getting up there. And we got to this mountain lake, and the guys said that's the summit uh, that we're attempting to get to, but it's too late in the day. We don't, we don't have time. We're just going to have to eat our snack here and look at it. Again, I was a bit bummed. Frankly, I was a little bit frustrated, but I was bummed. We didn't get to get to the top. But hey, in the end, it turned into a sermon illustration. So there is that, and the sermon illustration is this. Preparation is key for mountain climbing. If we consider all the mountains that are ahead of us as individuals and as a church, the most important preparation we can do is spend time with Jesus. And how do we spend time with Jesus? We spend it in the Word of God. This coming Wednesday, we start the season of Lent. 
And Lent is a time of preparation. It is. Just as Jesus spent 40 days being tempted by Satan in the wilderness before his public ministry began for a time of preparation, just as the Israelites spent 40 years in the wilderness in their preparation for going to the promised land, Lent is a 40-day period for us to prepare our hearts for what God is doing among us. And so I highly encourage your participation in reading and watching and studying and journaling through the Gospel of John as we get to know more and more fully who Jesus is for us and for this world. But that time of preparation starts on Wednesday. And if you're here, we're going to come up to this railing. Before we receive the Lord's body and blood for our forgiveness in all humility, we will have ashes put on our foreheads in the shape of a cross. And we will hear those words spoken over every one of us. The words that echo back to the fall into sin. From dust you are, to dust you shall return. We're sinful humans. We are mortal. I am too. I'm going to come and get one of these crosses. I might even ask the elder doing that to dump ashes all over me because I am a sinner just like you. We have nothing without Jesus. It's all about him. You know, I said I was pretty disappointed when we didn't get to get to the top of that mountain summit at the very end of my vicarage. But there was one more surprise that my hiking guides had in store for me. Because from the vantage point where we were, taking a picture of that summit and the mountain lake, They said, Aaron, I know you're disappointed we can't climb this mountain, but just turn around and look to the west. And when we did, we got to see this. If you can see this, uh, it's called the Mount of the Holy Cross. This is a picture taken in 1873. Do you see it in the center of the picture there? In the northeastern face of this mountain, it's called the Mount of the Holy Cross. There's a deep crevice and the snow builds up and it piles there. And most years it doesn't melt. This was, picture was taken in 1873. It looked exactly the same when I saw it in 2009, except it was in color at that point. I don't, I don't know. Unfortunately, I didn't get a picture of my own, but the image is seared in my mind as one of the final things I saw at the end of my vicarage. And I, I, I could say it like this. I think if we keep our eyes fixed on mountains with crosses on top, we'll be Okay. And Jesus will show us the way. So with that being said, let's put up this last image. And this, finally, is where we keep our eyes fixed. This mountain called Golgotha, which means the skull, where Jesus showed us most fully how he feels about us. He died for us. He died for us because he loves us and we are forgiven and set free. I think when we lift up our eyes to the hills and hills where there's a cross on top, Jesus will show us the way. So let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus as individuals and as a church during this season of Lent, during this time of preparation into the next decade of ministry and beyond. So long as we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, he will show us the way and he will be our guide and then we get to be with him. Let's spend time there with Jesus following him, pursuing him to the cross. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.